0: What's going on, guys? This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Show on, on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and get a free Yeti-style tumble, tumbler when you order at birddogs.com backslash pool. That's birddogs.com backslash pool. And we're in. And so I'm going to bring on my guest, John Lobb. John he, he does a lot of different things, but John works for Rookie Big Board. He also writes for the Fantasy Football Diehard, and he's got a great article out from on fan Tracks that tells you everything you need to know about Debbie. John, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. I think this is the third or fourth time I've been with you, and I will say in my life, June and July is Debbie College Fantasy Football season. It's kind of the lull, the NFL draft is over. So I do take from the NFL draft till about June 1st, kind of have a mental, just relax a little bit. But once June 1st comes around, I'm starting to grind the tape again. Um, You know, not as much as I'm going to in December and January, but I've seen a lot of prospects. Um, And I'm getting ready for the upcoming college football season. And Debbie and college fantasy football is a perfect intersection of the two. So I'm producing a lot of information for both readers and viewers and participants of those two fields.
0: And make sure you guys give John a follow for those that aren't watching the show. It's at gridiron 91 capital G capital S and with Debbie, those that are new to Debbie, they don't know, they don't know what it is, um, or those that that possibly um they're just starting out. So we're gonna just pretend that nobody knows anything about Debbie and just ask John the questions. So, John, what is Debbie?
1: Debbie is a way to take your fantasy football keeper dynasty league to a higher level. Now, I suggest you don't have to get into a massive Debbie league. My friend, when I started playing board games, I started with chutes and ladders, candy land, and then chess. I wasn't playing complex games, or checkers, I should say, sorry. And then we graduate to Monopoly, Risk, and Chess. If you are worried about Debbie, you don't have to play the Debbie Chess. 25-member Debbie rosters and Totally swamp yourself. I think sometimes when we're in the Twitterverse, we all are obsessed with football, right? And we want to play the bigger, the better. But I try to think about the beginning player often. If you want to get in a Debbie League and you want to become a better draft analyst, if you want to become a better fantasy football player, if you want to improve the keeper league experience, Add a Debbie component. What do I mean by that? What that means for beginners, convince your league mates that you are going to have a Debbie draft. And Debbie is short for developmental, developmental. So it acts as like a taxi squad, like in baseball, if you have minor league players on your fantasy baseball team. So, you draft college players who you project to be NFL fantasy stars down the road. As an example, I've had Bijan Robinson for three years on a Debbie roster. Now he is promoted to the NFL. So, I'm in Candyland. I'm beyond happy that I've had Bijan for three years. So what I suggest to new people who want to get into this new field, convince your league mates that you want to add a Debbie roster and a Debbie draft. So what you do, start kind of simple, four or five-player Debbie roster. That way, if you're new to the field and you make some mistakes, you don't bury your franchise or your team for the next three years. Now, that's an exaggeration because if you're playing with beginners, you're not likely, but maybe someone hits a grand slam and they have this year, you know, bijan Robinson, Quinton Johnson, Jordan Addison, you know, and Michael Meyer. That could happen in a Devy draft. But what I've noticed over the years when I talk these types of leagues, you have a lot of turnover and dynasty in Dynasty and Debbie. Why is that? Once you're down at the bottom, it is so hard to get out of that. So what do people do, my friend? They just quit. I'd rather see people have a chance to be better. So what I suggest, if you're a beginner and you want to keep it more competitive, you have a four or five-man Debbie roster. So right now, let's say I, I wanted to draft Blake Corm of the University of Michigan. He would be on my... Taxi squad, Debbie squad, I would have him. If he goes into the NFL draft next year, which I expect to, I would promote him to my NFL squad. I also, if you like Arch Manning, I'm sure everyone knows the name is floating around. Arch Manning, the rookie, not well, the rookie, sorry, NFL thoughts. The freshman quarterback at Texas, not likely to play last this year, but he was a five-star prospect. He is the nephew of the Mannings, the Eli and Peyton, and his grandfather's Archie, highly rated prospect. You could draft Arch Manning in a Debbie league and sit on him for three years. What I suggest, so you limit it. If you have a four-man Debbie roster, my friend, you have a 12-team league, that's 45 or 48 college players. What you do to make it more competitive, you only can promote two to your NFL squad, like January 15th, once the bowl games are over. Then you could again in March have, after the transfer portal, after you get some freshman signings, you have another Debbie draft, but you can keep up to two players. Hey, maybe you only promote one and maybe you keep two. The other players go into the pool. What I've noticed, and this is 35 years playing fantasy football, 15 years playing college football, five years playing Debbie, eight years playing Dynasty. You want to keep people engaged. The best way to get people out of the league is you have a team that is a superstar team, and the team at the bottom cannot get better. As you progress as a league, you could increase your Debbie squad. You can go from two, or you can go from four to five to six. However, what I think is important when we do this for new players to the format, you want to make sure that the NFL draft that we have is still with viable players. So if you only promote two, that's 24 players. Theoretically, the first two rounds, but you still have round what would be rounds three, four, five there are still players available. And here's the reality. Some players are going to be drafted who were not on a Debbie squad. I mean, it just happens all the time, you know, where no one thought this player that he ascends to a certain level. I love Debbie. It keeps you active in the college football universe in looking at players from a prospect perspective.
0: Yeah. And you, you hit on something exactly what I wanted to talk about was Debbie depleted drafts. And how do you keep that balance? Because, you know, I joined my first Debbie league and someone offered me, Hey, I want you want to trade back in the startup. I'm going to give you my first round pick next year. I'm like, man, this is a great deal. And then <laughs> all, all of a sudden I see Caleb Williams going off the board, Marvin Harrison going off the board. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, now I'm thinking about this. And so, Those Debbie depleted drafts, um, that, you know, that's definitely something to think about when you're balancing and creating that ecosystem. Cause I do think with what you're saying is you have to have a good ecosystem in all your leagues and, you know, it creates activity, it promotes balance and, and has that checks and balances Jamie put in the chat, you know, um making sure you're collecting dues. If, if uh, John wants well, to be the Phoenix Suns and trade his 2030 draft picks, <laughs> I, he's going to have to pay me, you know, the next seven years in advance.
1: You've just said the most important thing, which my favorite commissioner, Mike Dempsey of the football diehards. And he's a radio host out of Jacksonville. I play in a dynasty league with him, not a Debbie, but a dynasty. He makes you pay a year in advance. So even if you do quit, what Mike is saying is we should be able to get another owner because the league dues have already been paid. So yep. the new owner might be inheriting a bad team, but at least there's no financial in, you know, investment in the bad team. So I think it's a good idea. Now, that's a giant W league. We have 20-man starters. We play defense. And you can work yourself up to that. But I think sometimes we intimidate People who want to try something new, and we're saying jump on a risk board with a bunch of of rock stars who go to tournaments. No, no, no. Start small and enjoy the format, and work with your league mates to create an ecosystem that allows people to have the advantage of I have Bijan Robinson, but it also allows the owner who doesn't have a great Debbie roster, at least they might be able to pick some players, right? Like you you want, and then I would, just what I suggest, if you have D- Bijan, he would then be a first round pick. Maybe you don't have a Debbie player you want. Well, then you get the first, you know, your first round, the other players are waving their picks. There's a lot of ways to do this that are fun, my friend, that allows the league to have a positive ecosystem.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. We're going to talk about where you can play Devi in a second, but first, I want to talk to you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look John is wearing them right now. We'll, <laughs> save, we'll save we'll save the visuals for later. Birddogs.com does does the exact same thing Lulu Melon but fits way way better. I heard that uh, J- Jim Harbaugh wears Lulu Melon and he might be looking into Bird Dogs. Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts give you the stiff boxy look and they have cloud knit fabric that gives you the stretch and a way slimmer fit without sacrificing movement bird dogs also is anti-stink sweat w- uh, wicking fabric that keeps you that's a tongue twister anti sweat anti-stink sweat winking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all year long you're not going to want to take your bird dogs off we promise you that all you have to do is go to birddogs.com bashless pool and enter promo code pool for a yeti style tumblr with your order that's birddogs.com bashless pool for a yeti freestyle tumblr now john when you talk about playing it most of our leagues are already on mfl or sleeper a lot of popular places there's some others how would you convert the davi league there because they don't have the college players on my fantasy league or
1: sleeper how does that work So right now, when I started this five years ago, you would have to have a commissioner who kept an Excel spreadsheet of the players of each individual team. So you might've been on um, MLF, My Fantasy League is MFL, right? Or you might've been on Sleeper and then you would have a commissioner. Maybe it's a Google spreadsheet that all the owners have access to, or it's just, maybe it's just the commissioner's Google spreadsheet but they would have to keep track of the players. Now I'm biased, but there is only one place to play college fantasy football right now. And that's fan tracks. That's just a simple fact there. there there's nowhere else to play college fantasy football. And what I did was I had reached out to, I'm just a freelance writer. I, I don't, you know, I've never been to the company or anything like that. Um, but I, I know the people, we have a Slack channel and we, you know, what are we doing? What projects, stuff like that. So I said, Gentlemen, have you thought about a Debbie format? And what they told me is they have a taxi squad. And there's a button, if you go to my Google, or actually if you go to the article, there's a button where commissioners can add college players to the database. And then you can put those five players in a on a taxi squad. So you could have a whole five-round taxi squad draft of of college players, and then everyone has to put those five players on their taxi squad. So it's really cool. I have a team that has my NFL Fantasy Keeper League. You know, I like more modified. I don't like the true dynasty. I like to have like 10-player keeper leagues. Everyone's different, but I like to have some ability to move up in the standings, and that's a whole other story for another day. But on the dynasty team, on my page right now, There is at the bottom five taxi players who are on my team. And one of them you just mentioned, Marvin Harrison, happens to be on my Debbie team sitting down there. And it's cool because you see their – they update the college database. You could click on it in the month of October, and you could look at your five players and how they're doing on your Debbie team. It's much more organized. Now, I I hope someday – and I I mentioned this, but they haven't done it yet – They add a button, you know how it says IR button, and then you have a taxi button. It'd be great if they had a Debbie button. That would be perfect. They just haven't added that. Maybe they will. I've mentioned it. But for now, just make your taxi squad, your Debbie squad, but you have to click a button that says add college database players. I forgot, but you can see it in the article on Fantrax, or you can see it on my Google, on my Twitter feed. I have directions how to do it. And so we've gone
0: through some kind of rookie mistakes. Any other rookie mistakes you want to bring up before we go into some tips?
1: Oh, man, don't overrate the quarterbacks. I've been watching college quarterbacks for over 40 years. For every Caleb Williams, there are six or seven quarterbacks who completely wash out of college. I understand Caleb Williams. hes I'm not saying he's not great. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what happens is people tend to say, I want those quarterbacks. I play in a super flex, Debbie League. I want them. And I'm going to take the 19-year-old kid. The odds of that 19-year-old kid making it all the way to an NFL star is so rare. When I play Debbie, now, Caleb's the exception to the rule. He's a Heisman troll. I mean, everything looks great. He's the exception. But when I play Debbie, I don't draft quarterbacks early. I'm going wide receivers first and foremost, running back second, and then I'm going to go to quarterback. And just as an example, I wasn't playing Debbie at this time. However, I watched Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech of Town. He was a superstar. Superstar at Texas Tech for college fantasy football. He was not in the su- whatever year, I think seven class of 17, the draft of 17 or 18. He was not a top-level prospect in the summer before his last year no. on campus. I had him number 2. There were people I'm not yeah, you know, I never call out names. There were people that patched Mahomes outside their top five quarterback prospects this that year. So the idea that everyone knows in Debbie who's going to be the star quarterbacks, look at Will Levis. How many Debbie owners had Will Levis last year? Right? How many? And where is Will Levis now? Are you really happy with your Debbie Shears? He's neutral. Right? I had Hendon Hooker. Now, they were both drafted. We don't know, but I paid like a fourth round pick for Hendon Hooker last year. Will Levis cost you probably a top five pick last year. And mm-hmm. I'm way over 40 years old, my friend. Thank you for the compliment. But I wish <laughs> I'm <laughs> way older than that. I wish I was 40, man. But um, so be careful. And I know right now the rage is there's four great freshman quarterbacks the odds of those four freshmen all making it to the NFL my friends not strong
0: yeah and so i wrote an article and i think i shared it with you and so one thing i looked at is just the last 10 years how many quarterbacks are actually drafted because <laughs> you look at there's you know however many fbs teams plus you got you know your your other teams out there so you have all these quarterbacks that are coming in yep and and on average only 10 quarterbacks have been drafted in each of the seasons. Last This year, we saw a little bit of an uptick. Yep. But I was looking also at like NIL money and things. A lot of stuff's going to change, and that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, people are like, how is that guy this? How is that guy that? And it's like there is only 10. There is only 10 out of, you know, there's probably 100 quarterbacks. There's 133.
1: FBS programs and then I don't even know what's in the FCS but I'm going to guess 60 right so that's 190 starting quarterbacks minimum you know like please
0: and you see it at the combine I mean you look at the combine only 20 to 25 get invited only 10 to 12 get drafted and only some drafts have none but some most drafts is two or three in the first round yes and out of those two or three in the first round one or two might be good It's just, it is a very, very tough situation. And quarterbacks, there's a reason they get paid so much is because there's so few (laughs) that can actually do it.
1: Well, I always say, you know, this is my first year watching football, NFL football is 1977. And there are very few men on this planet earth who can play NFL quarterback at the highest levels. I have seen so many first round draft picks, Great college players completely wash out. And one of the reasons I started my um, college prospect rankings years ago, it was 10 years I've done, I was on your show. We were doing NFL prospects 10 years ago was I was way down on Tim McCoy uh, at Tim Tebow. I'm sorry, because I thought Tim Tebow was not accurate enough to play at the NFL level. And I'm still shocked to this day. I'm a Broncos fan. You see a Broncos helmet behind me. How could Denver draft him in the first round? I thought it was insanity. But, the and he was highly decorated. Sophomore Heisman winner at Florida. And he was a little ahead of his time. I still don't think his accuracy was good enough. But it made me think a lot about, you know, being this level of NFL quarterback is such a difficult thing and so few can do it i mean how many great quarterbacks are in the nfl 10 i would consider 10 great quarterbacks what 10 good quarterbacks and then you get that 21 to 32 almost every team wants an upgrade right so you're looking at what 20 teams that might be happy with their quarterback
0: yeah it's it's tough out there. Oh, there's
1: Jamie. Look at Kurt Warner's one of the greatest stories of all time. And here, Jamie, I'm so old. After week one of that fantasy season, I picked up Kurt Warner on the waiver wire. It is one of the greatest waiver wire stories in the history of fantasy football. I think it's 1999, my memory serves me.
0: I still got to go check out that movie. Uh, <laughs> So one thing I I'm always checking out, it's underdog fantasy. If you haven't played, tried it out. You need to get to it. Best ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog pick 'em is always a great way to get down on your favorite MLB, baseball props. Uh, so many plays to so many ways to win over at underdog and active in many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code you know SGPN. And uh, I'm definitely going my son's going to be very upset with me if I don't do this. Make sure you guys like and hit
1: that button.
0: Make sure you hit that subscriber button. We really appreciate it. Help support the show. And any questions, make sure you just let us know. I'm happy to answer any questions that show up on the YouTube comments, um, whether it's redraft or dynasty. So, We've talked about all of the quarterbacks and some of the Debbie stuff. So let's get into the Debbie players. And so Debbie players are going to be anybody that's in college football, including this incoming draft class. And some of these guys are already, the most of them are already on Debbie squads. And so we're going to talk about the transfer portal. And so the transfer portal has definitely added a brand new element to, to college football. It's really well, NIL has added a brand new element. The transfer portal has been there, but those comp combining have just caused chaos. And you see teams where like Michigan State rumor that this guy's going to leave. Now this guy's going to leave. No, they're both leaving because of the quarterback now he's going to leave. And like all this stuff is happening and it's it is hard to keep track. And then, you know, you look at some of these big programs, like some of the top the top programs in the country your Alabama is going to have a, a new quarterback, Georgia's going to have a new quarterback, Ohio State's going to have a new quarterback, and then you got some of these transfers and other things. So, as far as the transfer portal, John, what do you think are, are a couple of maybe five of the most impactful moves?
1: So, I'm going to break it down to I have two sets here, I have five quarterbacks who are fascinating. And then I'm going to give you five of the other skilled position players. Because I think the quarterbacks need to be separated from the other positions. Some of them are known. Some of them might be under the radar. One, I'm very interested in a young man named Sam Jackson. He came out of high school. He was a four or five-star prospect. Went to TCU. Could not get on the field. He ended up at California this year. Sam Jackson has the skills to be a very, very good and impactful college player. He has the size and the arm strength that you are looking for. Number four, last year this summer, we would have been talking about Devin Leary. Devin Leary looked like he was on track to be a first-round pick. He got injured, and the season was washed out. He goes from North Carolina State to Kentucky, my friend. So, Devin Leary, I I like this. Can he be successful when he switches offensive coordinators, offensive language, new teammates? I'm very interested in Devin Leary. Number three, I don't think enough people are talking about and I'm not sure where he is on the NFL radar yet. Shador Sanders, coming from Jackson State to Colorado, and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. But, man, there's a lot of athleticism there. There's a lot of good football knowledge there. His father has passed a lot of knowledge for him. He's a leader of men. He's jumping up from, um, you know, HBS schools. um, That's historically black – HBC schools, historically black colleges. Now he's going to the Pac-12 in Colorado. Very interested in Shador Sanders. Sam Hartman has been prolific at Wake Forest. He's going to Notre Dame. A little bit on the radar of college coaches or NFL scouts. And the last one, I'm so happy, interested in this guy, Brendan Armstrong. Go watch film from Virginia in 2021. Incredible. Last year, fell apart. His offense coordinator in 2021 was Robert Anai. He went to North Carolina State. Brendan Armstrong followed him to North Carolina State. Let's see who he's doing. (laughs) excuse me and my friend Jamie you're going to be you're going to freak out on this my first fantasy draft ever in 1989 Dan Marino was my number one pick with second overall pick Randall Cunningham was the top selection in that draft it was a keeper league three player keeper league and I had Dan Marino for six years on that keeper team absolutely loved him Great! I oh, I'll never forget Dan Marino. And you talk about value-based drafting. Dan Marino was a quarterback back then. Was unbelievably so much better than any other quarterback. Now five players outside of the quarterback: Dylan Johnson, Mississippi State to Washington. Mike Leach's system is a throwing system. The the air raid offense. Good pass catcher. He moves to Washington. He's going to run the football more in the Pac-12. Very interesting player. Raymond Davis, who started at Temple, moved to Vanderbilt, and now he's at Kentucky. Kentucky's interesting. They're going to have Devin Leary and Raymond Davis. So I'm interested in this team this year. Tight end, Jaheen Bell. Went from South Carolina. Now he's a tweener. He might be an H-back. He's not a pure tight end. I don't think he's fast enough to be a wide receiver incredibly athletic. He goes to Mike Norvell at Florida State. Let's see how Norvell uses Jaheen Bell this year. To USC, Lincoln Riley offense. Dorian Singer came from Arizona wide receiver. He might be really good this year at USC. And the last one. I, I he was a member of the group of 5 programs at UTSA. Zakari Franklin was on my radar as an NFL prospect, like in that Rashid Rice category. I think Rice was a little bit better than Franklin. But now Franklin goes to Mississippi to compete against the highest level of competition in the SEC. If he could pull off 1,000 yards in the SEC, Zakari Franklin's going to be a number two pick in the NFL draft. Those are the five non-quarterback transfers that I'm watching right now.
0: So um, just to touch on a couple of those. So I was, I was really uh, excited to hear you talk about um, Devin Leary. And so I had, you know, I kind of looked at the transfer portal, did a write-up, and I had wrote about him. And just we got to remember the changes in the offense that Will Levis had. And I'm not giving Will Levis excuses because he does seem like he's kind of stuck to some old habits. But when he lost his offensive coordinator – that really helped get him where he was going. That offensive coordinator is back and that offense was wonderful under him. And now you're going to get, going to see that again. And, you know, Larry was good at North Carolina. He North was,
1: North, hey, but, I'll tell you right now where I have Larry. So you're getting information that's not on the um, fan tracks. Cause I only go 15 deep. I have Devin Larry at right now. Number 22, four-star prospect, 6-1-2-12. The challenge is he doesn't run the football. He's got career minus 19 yards on the ground. That's a problem. And his career um, quarterback efficiency is 139. My benchmark is 155. I like the arm strength. He's a pocket passer. The NFL might like more than we do for fantasy. But Devin Leary could jump up very high if he shows us something.
0: Yeah, and so um, there's there's another transfer the the kid that went to Memphis, running back that went to Memphis. This guy was an absolute absolute stud last year at Old Dominion at Old Dominion. Yeah, at yeah Old Dominion. And so I wanted to know your your thoughts on him. You know, I just I just put him in. I got to look it up where I have him in the rankings. But he's another guy that's just been moving. I'm trying on. to
1: think, why can I not read? Oh. Oh, um, the pass catcher Frank Pleasant. Frank Peasant, Frank Frank Peasant. Um, where is he in my CFF rankings? His pass catching chops are off the charts. Um, let's see here. I I was just looking at because I drafted him in a best ball league late, like second round or something like that. Not second round, like twelfth round. Why can't I? Of course, when I'm immediately looking. I'm
0: I'm talking about Blake Watson.
1: Oh, Blake Watson. I'm sorry. Frank Pezzett is at Middle Tennessee. You're right. Blake Watson, Old Dominion. He was good at Old Dominion.
0: Yeah. And so I'm going through PFF and I'm looking at all these different numbers for all these top guys, elusiveness and force miss tackles and, and big, you know, all the big runs. And I'm like, this guy just keeps showing up. I get it. He played at a smaller school. I want to see what he does in Memphis. They've definitely brought the NFL some backs recently. And another guy that really stood out that people don't talk about is Carson Steele, who now Mm -hmm. gets not, not part of the transfer portal discussion, but because of Zach Charbonnet going to the NFL, this guy is a very big opportunity. And he actually, excuse me, played right down the road from me over at, at, uh, at center Grove uh, high school here in, in Indiana. So, Um, Any thoughts on Watson or Steele?
1: So Watson, I don't think of him right now as an NFL prospect, a very, very good college player. Yet he's moving to the Big 12 because Memphis is moving over to higher level of competition this year. If Watson can do for us what he did at Old Dominion at Memphis against higher level of competition, I am interested but he needs to show me a lot more. Carson Steele, he's in my Debbie rankings, my friend. But remember, I think we spoke about this. Remember I talked about G5 players and the challenge they have? So that's the same thing is going to be true with Blake Watson, going from the G5 to the P5. If you don't know, the P5 is the Southeast Conference, Big 10, Big 12, ACC, and um, Pac-12. So those are the premier programs where, in general, the better athletes go. The G five or non Power five is everyone else in the country. The reality is, P five players have a greater opportunity to be successful in the NFL. Carson Steele, though, is coming from Ball State, and he was unbelievable last year on my college fantasy team. And he got hurt in my in my championship game, and he uh, I think I lost by like twelve points, and he had like. A very good first half, and then he was out. And, oh, I might have won if he had played. But that's a different story. He transfers to UCLA. Now, he's in a battle with a young – he's a, soft, or a redshirt freshman, sophomore at UCLA for the starting job. So if Carson Steele wants to be on the NFL radar, he needs to win the battle in training camp. And he needs to get the majority of carries for, Brian Kelly, for Chip Kelly at UCLA this year. But I do like Carson Steele, and I'll tell you why. Six foot two oh two. And he has the frame and the physicality that you're looking for at the NFL back. And that's why he dominated the Mac. But I need to see it against a higher level competition.
0: Yeah, he just, you know, he was a bully last year. And he like you said both those guys I thought would, you know, be interesting. So as far as quarterbacks, we talked about it earlier. John, who are some of the top quarterbacks if you're in a Debbie draft that you're going after?
1: So I'm going to... The top ones are clearly Caleb Williams and Drake May. But I'll be truthful. I don't have a share of Drake May. There's still too much risk. They have a lot of change over this year. I'm not absolutely convinced he could Will Levis us this season just like Will Levis if I had to put money down And I'm not a betting man, but once in a while I throw some, you know, some buckets around, some money around here and there. I don't know. I can't tell you without a doubt that Drake Drake May is 100%. Within the realm of possibilities, he has a Will Levis-type season and falls to the second round. But he is the guy. What I'm doing, and I mentioned it before, I'm getting buttloads of guys. K.J. Jefferson, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix quarterbacks that I don't have to spend a first-round draft capital on, quarterbacks who I think have some NFL potential. I have K.J. Jefferson as my number four Debbie quarterback. I have J.J. McCarthy as my number five Debbie quarterback. And Bo Nix is my number seven. And right now, I'm very happy with those three. And I'll take them because one of them, I think, One of them will end up in the first round of the NFL draft next year. If I had a bet, I think it's going to be KJ Jefferson, but I would not be surprised if McCarthy or Bo Nix gets the call.
0: Just a few more quarterback questions. A lot of buzz out of the Manning camp about Joe Milton, his big arm, some Anthony Richardson-type comparisons. (laughs) What are your thoughts about Joe Milton,
1: quarterback out of Tennessee? So I'm going to be the Debbie Downer on this one. I'm not a Joe Milton guy. I'm a Michigan fan, if anyone knows. I live in Connecticut, but my grandparents are from Michigan. My dad's from Michigan originally. So I grew up a Michigan fan. I've watched Joe Milton Michigan, and he lost the job. And he lost the job to guys who weren't very good. And there's no question arm strength. But arm strength is only one data point in the many for the quarterback position. Then he goes to Tennessee And he opens the season as the starter, my friend. And what happens there? He loses the job again to Hendon Hooker. Hooker nails him to the bench until he had that injury last year. I get the arm strength, but you know what, my friend? I've seen people throw the football 70 yards down the field for the last 35 years. I I don't see an NFL quarterback. Are the physical traits there? Yes. Arm strength? Yes. He has not even quarterbacked 10 straight games at the college level. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's no way I'm taking him. I I have him lower. I have him in the top 15, but I'm way lower on consensus in college fantasy football because there's a chance that he might get benched by week four. I'm not as sold on Joe. He has to show he has to show me a lot before I believe Joe Milton.
0: So, three more quarterback questions. I got Quinn Ewers. He dropped the mullet. Does that move him up your rankings? Uh,
1: it does not cuz <laughs> I am a see it to believe it guy. And I've seen too many highly rated high school prospects just fumble the college football Quinn Ewers, and I was a believer last year. But I have to be honest, the eyeball test and then the production model test, he does not pass. I'm giving him a C-minus right here. Now, I'm open-minded. He can go get an A this year. He leads them to the Big 12 championship. They run the table or only lose one game. Then we'll have a conversation. But I'm a show-me-to-believe-me guy. He has not shown me it yet. I have no confidence that he can play and win at the NFL level.
0: So uh, so as far as your, your QB three, is yours there or are you talking Knicks? Or... No, I'm Michael Penix. Penix, yeah.
1: I, I like Michael Penix. Now, everything's – and look, you can get Michael Penix in the last round of a Debbie draft. Here's the thing. We don't know the medicals. I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor. He's had two pretty serious knee injuries. What I do know is he played all season last year for the Huskies and he goes to the University of Washington everyone. And if he plays another full season this year, <clears throat> I'm going to be pretty good about the medicals. And then we go to the combine and the NFL draft will tell us what their doctors say. If he gets second round draft capital, the medicals are okay. If he falls to the fifth round, the medicals, we have a problem.
0: Yeah, and I I, I watched Panic, Panics at uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah. He played well. Um, he's a little bit older for prospects. Yeah. Um, him and Knicks. Um, you're going to see more older quarterbacks coming out. It's just going to be a big thing that's going to be happening with these transfers. And I Can I just say
1: something that's very interesting what you said? A couple things are happening here. COVID was a free season. Yep. If you played in COVID, you did not lose a year of eligibility. Yep. So this year, we have a very unique year. In college football, and it's going to impact the NFL draft, my friend. I just did profiles of the top 24 college fantasy football players. I can't believe how many are fifth- and sixth-year players. The numbers are insane, dude. So we're not going to have these young breakout kids in the NFL. Now, Caleb will again, Caleb Williams is the outlier. Drake May is the outlier. Penix is older. Jordan Travis is older. Bo Nix is older. We got older pro- – and then someone might ri- – Jaden Daniels, LSU, who I like a lot. He's Riley a- Leonard. Yeah. So you've got to think a little differently in the next two years on how you're judging because what it's also doing, my friend, there are freshmen and sophomores are getting nailed to the bench because they can't – if Oregon didn't have Bo Nix – They would probably be playing a sophomore. They would have recruited differently. But what's happened is (coughs) they're keeping younger quarterbacks on the bench because these young men who are 23 are playing at the college level.
0: Yeah, and so um, that's the the, – I'm talking way too much about quarterbacks. You're going to see a lot of new faces at the quarterback position. Like I said earlier, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama – Oh, um, yeah. Any Anyone from those big programs that lost a quarterback to the NFL draft that you think that people should be keeping an eye out for that could be a late riser?
1: So um, the young man at Georgia I'm hearing a lot of buzz about, but I have to be honest, I got to watch some tape on him. He's replacing Beck, right? Is, is it – yeah, who's – no, Stetson Bennett. Oh, it's Carson Beck. I keep hearing things about him now. I'm very reluctant with Georgia quarterbacks. But my radar's open. It's looking around, so he's interested. And I'll be right now at Alabama. This is the scariest depth chart that I've seen in like eight, nine years at the quarterback position. We have had just monster studs go through Alabama, and they had to bring in the kid Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame after spring practices. And and let's read between the lines. That tells you Alabama's not happy with their current depth chart if they're bringing in the kid from Notre Dame who can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field. Um, so that's a problem we're going to have to wait to see. The one kid I do like, Cade Klubnik at Clemson. Yep. He was a five-star prospect, true freshman last year. I think Clemson's going to be improved. They were bad. I'm just going to be nice. They were bad last year on offense. They're going, they should be better. They have four returning offensive linemen. Now, that's interesting. Some people say it's bad because those were the four players and they were terrible last year on the offensive line. Or you can say, hey, with a better offense coordinator, with more experience, maybe some technique improvement, maybe this offensive line gels this year for Clemson.
0: Now I love that, and then you know, looking let's at let's keep going
1: for fifteen minutes. I'm cool, all right. Let's let's keep going. How's that?
0: Let's let's talk about the running back position. Yeah. Um, as far as the running backs, there's there's a lot, and there's some really really big running backs in this class, and that's oh. something we didn't have in this recent class. Um, but I I'm I'll be honest, I you know I got to type, and so sometimes they're too big. I, I don't. I'm I'm not necessarily a fan. There's only you know so many big running backs that end up being fantasy football, relevant running backs. You know, they, they don't have the lateral quickness. They don't have the pass catching ability. So can you talk a little bit about two pretty big backs and that's Raheem Sanders and Braylon Allen?
1: Yeah, I knew I I, I'm looking at my charts right now. And as soon as you said big, I said, Oh, he's got Braylon Allen and Raheem Sanders. Raheem Sanders is 6'2, 21. Everyone. He is all man. And he plays in the sec. I'm biased towards SEC backs. In general, if I'm going to bet on a running back from a conference, I'm going to take the young man from the SEC. Break, what? sorry. What makes Sanders interesting? You mentioned it. He was a high school wide receiver, my friend. He's a good receiver. He has 39 career catches already. He might go out and end up with another 35 receptions this year. That will put him, (laughs) excuse me, over 70. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying he is Najee Harris good, but he's good. Raheem Sanders can catch the football. I love him. He's my number one Debbie running back. Yes, he needs to show improvement, but I like him. I think the NFL is going to love him a ton. Ryan Allen, 6'2", 238. If you are obsessed with breakout. He was 17 years old, and he had a 1,000 yards rushing at Wisconsin. Let me repeat that. He was 17. I teach high school. I have seniors. This young man was younger than my students in some of my classes, and he was playing Big Ten football and got a 1,000 yards, and I don't think he played for the first four games, basically. He's all man. He played linebacker, my friends, in high school. He wasn't even a full-time running back. Now, you look at the numbers. They don't throw the football at Wisconsin to the running backs. But they brought in a new offense coordinator. Oh, yum, yum. This is the coordinator, Longo, who was at North Carolina with Michael Carter Javante Williams. Guess what he does? He throws the ball to his running backs. This is a huge year for Braylon Allen. If he goes out and gets 30 receptions, he's going to go right to the top of the rankings. And this is what I love about him even more. He's got sweet feet for a big man. He's got a little man's feet on an all man's body. And I'll say this all the time. I grade my running backs from inside out. He can run between the tackles. He is he is I have him at number six on my Debbie rankings. But if he goes out with over 30 receptions and they start to look at this young man at the at the NFL draft prospect, my friend, he's gonna shoot up boards. I love Braylon Allen.
0: Yeah, and so it's you know, this 2024 class, you know, if you're still gotten 2023 drafts, don't forget about it. One thing I always coach people on. You know, you want to do the trade back and get two picks. You know, John trades back from 105. He gets 109 and 205 or 109 and a future pick. I'm okay with the future pick. And a lot of times it's easier to get. And so you give me that future second or that future late first. Yes. And not only am I going to use it on this great draft class we're talking about, but at the trade deadline, if I say I am a contender, I got that 2024 first that somebody else that just realized that they're not a contender is yeah. saying, Hey, I want that. So that's another thing to remember. In the 2025 class, you have Nick Singleton, Quinshawn, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, John, don't be mad at me. I may be a little crazy. I put Jud- Judkins at one. I'm just absolutely oh. in love with this guy. And, and I know we talked to We talked to earlier this off season about uh, about Zach Evans and, you talk about nailing somebody to the bench. This oh. guy went from TCU to go to Ole Miss to be the guy. And Jekkins showed up and said, not too fast. And he was the guy. And more importantly, he was the guy on third downs. They trusted him in pass protection. Um, but this is uh this is just another another runner. And then Nick Singleton is just he's a lot of people's uh Debbie RB one.
1: Let's put it into context. When John Junkins is 5'11", 210, immediately freshman year he had 1,699 yards from scrimmage in the SEC with 17 touchdowns. He's 18 years old, I believe. Maybe he's probably 19 now, but maybe some of them come out a little late. But yeah, 18 or 19. That's incredible. I have Junkins at number three. But what I do is when I have Debbie rankings. I am looking for the player who's closer to the NFL. The challenge is Junkins and Singleton have two more years of college. What's the problem? They could get hurt. I have to factor that into my rankings because you're embracing more risk. If you take the freshman, and especially freshmen, but these guys are sophomore now, you are taking on so much risk. And we know the running back position is – Brutal, my friends. It just, players get hurt all the time. So I have them number three because Sanders and Travion Henderson, who's my number two, they're more likely to be in the NFL and make an impact sooner. So that's the only reason why. And I have Singleton at my number four. And the reason we're talking minute here, he's six foot 210. Junkins is 5'11 210. To me, the difference is when you prove it in the SEC. I'm sorry. I I have to weigh the level of competition. And he did beat out Zach Evans, who was an allegedly an NFL draft pick. He ended up in the sixth round. But last year at this time, there were people at Zach Evans in the top three of their Debbie rankings. He was a sixth round pick. So, like, I have to – things happen. And the longer that the players in college, the more likelihood – of something torpedoing his draft rankings. But the SEC, I have above the Big Ten. So I like Junkins better than Singleton also.
0: And so I'm not going to talk too much about Marvin Harrison Jr. Because Ah, he's he's great. He's good at football. He could could sit out the entire year and everybody would still be drooling over him next year. Um, What about the next guys? Because you're looking, and there's a lot of good receivers coming out. And everyone's really battling from that two to five, six range. And a lot of them in this
1: next upcoming
0: class. So can you talk a little bit about the, those guys?
1: I like the incoming class, but there's going to be a lot of change. I noticed over the years, the, other than the elites, like Marvin Harrison, there's a lot of change over the course of a season. I'll just say, give an example. No one had Justin Jefferson. The summer before 2019. Now, I had him as a sleeper in my college fantasy league. My friends, I had him on like eight of nine teams that year. I had I had Justin Jefferson everywhere. People were making fun of me on Twitter for telling them to draft Justin Jefferson at LSU. I was like, he's costing me a ninth round pick. There's no risk in the – that's another story. And then I had Jefferson number three in my prospect rankings where I saw people at him at number six or seven. There were some people way – oh, he only plays the slot. He's not going to get open in the NFL. Hey, I heard the same thing about Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Drake London. Another story for another day. My number two, I'm putting a Mecca Buka. I same. think he's – I mean, if it wasn't for Marvin Harrison, Abuka would be probably at the top. I mean, he's an Ohio State, his teammate. How loaded is Ohio State? I mean, this is the same argument two years ago with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. We now have a Ma- Marvin Harrison and Mecca Abuka. And I think if you took Harrison Olave, you won. You won in a Debbie League. You won in a Dynasty League. You won in three draft leagues. Both of them are unbelievable. Number three. Don't be afraid of what happened to Kayshawn Bouti. That has nothing to do with the program yes. or this young man. I'm all in on Malik Neighbors. 60190. I'm sorry. He's awesome. Watch the film. He's awesome. I love Malik Neighbors. I I think he's going to have a ridiculous season for LSU. I think you're looking at a 12 to 1400 yard wide receiver. I think he's awesome. Jalen Daniels is good enough to get him the football. Brian Kelly peppers his alpha males with targets. Love Malik neighbors. Now, this is where I differentiate from a lot of people in the crowd. I love Antonio Williams of Clemson. I'm sorry. He showed me everything on a terrible team last year. Their offense was, I'm going to be nice, pathetic. He was a true freshman for Clemson last year. He's six foot 180. Look at if Kate, if Kate Klubnick hits. And this offense gets back on track. Everyone and their mama's gonna want Antonio Williams and Debbie. I love him. Get on the bandwagon now. Then I have Ro- Rome O'Dunze out of Washington. Have you looked now? He might. This is what the website has, so take it with a grain of salt. But they have him listed as six three 63. Oh, I love superheroes. I was a comic book fan. Um uh, that's a whole now you got me off. X-Men and Teen Titans were my two favorite comic books um in the 80s. Romeo Dunze, 6'3, 211. Let's say he's six two two All right. <laughs> I, I love, I love Jamie. You're an awesome guest to have and typing away. But I love Romeo Dunze. Then Tutorium McMillan. Some people, 6'5, 205. He's got a little speed to him. He looks big but he's not lumbering. Does that make sense? Now, he's not the quick he's not Jordan Addison, he's not Garrett Wilson. I get that. But he's got enough quickness and separation in his game and at 6'5" 205, I like this young man from Arizona. The player who's going to give me the biggest upside. And people are way higher on him than I like him. It's Xavier worthy of Texas. He's 163, my friend. Let me repeat that. He's 163. Man, I gotta have 170. But that's only part of it. He dropped, watch the film. Look at some of the numbers. I think he led the nation and dropped passes, my friend. He dropped his hands were not very good last year. Now he can improve them. And if he does, I'll open my eyes. But it's 6'1", 163, he is really small. He's even, I believe he's smaller than Devontae Smith, the Heis, the former Heisman winner in Philadelphia right now. So I have my questions about Xavier Worthy. He's the guy I'm going to watch. But my model says, big red flag, you're 163. That's really hard.
0: Yeah. And so um, the only other guy you missed that, that I, hey, I hit think me
1: up in my DMS and we can chat
0: is Evan Stewart. And so what are your thoughts oh. about Evan Stewart?
1: So I'm definitely, um, <laughs> now this is where years of football research and you can't have a little bias. I don't believe in Jimbo Fisher at all. My friend, I don't think he can develop wide receivers. I don't think he knows how to coach wide receivers I think he landed an extraordinarily talented young man. But is he receiving the coaching that he deserves at Texas A&M? I have my big time doubts. I am him at number 15. If he was at Alabama or LSU, he might be in my top three. But I don't have any faith in Jimbo Fisher. Name the last tech other than Christian Kirk. I guess he's the best. Who's coming out of these programs at Texas a and and then especially under Jimbo, who has got the coaching pedigree to make him an, a viable NFL player? I have my question, so I'm a little down on him compared to others.
0: And then the last one I'll ask about is uh, Barry and Brown from Kentucky.
1: Ooh, I like Barry and Brown. He was number eight. I was going to put him last, but the challenge with him also, he's 166. Yeah. He's 166. Do I love him? Yes. Is he is, but is he really better than Wendell Robinson? And the challenge with Wendell Robinson coming out of Kentucky was the size. And he ended up getting hurt last week, last year for the giants. Now, if he comes out and gets 800 yards with the giants this year, okay. He'll open my eyes, but I need to see it. And, and, and I think Barry and Brown might be in that same type of bucket.
0: Well, there's not too much talk about with tight ends. they're very no, there's one <laughs> after Brock Bowers so
1: after Brock Bowers there's not much
0: any, we're gonna get out of here. Any sleepers or anyone that you want that people need to just say, hey, this is a this is a guy that that I'm in love with that the the rest you know the rest of the people don't don't really love him.
1: Sure, let me give you one at almost every position. Devontez Walker, North Carolina transfer from Kent State. Now this is big for the young man. 6'2, 195. He's got the pet, he's got the size, physicality. He's now going up to the ACC with Drake May. If he has a big year, he's going to shoot up boards. There's no question in my mind about that. At the running back, we didn't mention two freshmen last year who I like. We did talk about Junkins and Singleton. I like Damian Martinez out of Oregon State a ton. 6'0, 216000 yards as a freshman. Like him a lot. And Trevor Etienne out of Florida, much better than people give him credit for. He's not just a little brother. I like Trevor Etienne. And then at the quarterback position, the only guy we did not mention who I find interesting, Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Yeah. He's going to be a conundrum because he's an older, I think he's in his fifth or sixth year, also. I class of 2018. So he's been around. But man, in Mike Norvell's offensive system. He might pop this year. Jordan Travis, I like.
0: Yeah, Florida State jumped out to me. We did a 2024 um, Super Flex Mock Draft. Go check that out on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And Florida State was just flying off the board.
1: Oh, dude, they're loaded on offense. And
0: and a lot, you know, and so Keon Coleman was another guy. Yeah. And so Keon Coleman, when I submitted my rankings, I got a a warning message that was like, you're way too high on Keon Coleman. (laughs)
1: i've never <laughs> seen so, that yeah uh, i don't
0: know if you've gotten those john but like if you have something that's way off of the ecr or even oh. sometimes, even sometimes if it's just a little bit like hey you're yeah, yeah. four or five but like a couple times i like it didn't add somebody to the list and it'll say hey you didn't add john Log to your list everyone else has him ranked as you know quarterback 87 oh and so, uh, Keon Coleman, I think I was, like, uh, 40 spots ahead of the ECR. Um, so, I,
1: so, here I found him. He's my number 40 on my Debbie prospects coming from Michigan State. He's 6'4", 200 pounds. He's an interesting player in Mike Norvell's system. And, my friends, if you don't know, Mike Norvell was the former coach at Memphis. And Memphis is in a blue-blood program. Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard. Antonio Gibson. He's gotten a lot of skill position players in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and so I, I have him pretty high. Trey Benson, I have pretty high. I'm pretty high on that offense. Um, yeah, I have I have Coleman. Uh I have him right here in the twin in the the twenty nine. So that's why right, they buzzed you. <laughs> yeah, they, they buzzed me. So um <laughs> yeah. hey John, it's it's I'm always fun. It. I could definitely talk uh, talk football with you anytime. So um everyone please just make sure you do us a favor, give John a a lot of follows, a lot of questions, and uh you know, anything you have, if you want to see something on the show, we'll bring on great guests like John to talk about it, whether it's Devi or other different things. Last call from Jakey.
1: Hey, that's good, bro.
0: And as always, good luck this season. Thanks, John.
1: Thank you, my friend.
0: Hey, thanks, Jamie.
1: Thanks, Jamie.